Welcome back to the Illinois Agronomy Update. I'm your host, Troy Kazire with Hertz Farm Management here in Geneseo, Illinois. And uh, today we have uh, an old friend back with us, uh, Lance Tarchioni, a technical agronomist with DeKalb Asgrow. Um, how you doing today, Lance? I'm doing well, Troy. Nice to, uh, nice to be back with you. You bet. Appreciate you, uh, as always, taking the time to visit with us and share your insight. Um, before we get rolling here, why don't you... Uh, kind of remind us all a little bit about your role uh, as a technical agronomist, what uh, what all that entails, and kind of what your geography is. Yeah, so our uh, technical agronomist role uh, su- supports uh, the the different bear seed brands. So I have counterparts that support the uh, channel and stone brands. I, I just do Asgro and DeKalb and provide uh, sales support, uh, technical support, um, training for uh, dealers and sellers, and then support our customers from a technical standpoint that are planting DeKalb and, and Asgrow products. Uh, I do that in um, uh, four sales territories, which cover uh, Henderson, Warren, Knox, Hancock, McDonough, Fulton, Mason, Taswell, and Logan counties. And um, work on uh, what we call the West Central Illinois sales team. All right. Very good, Lance. Well, uh, again, thanks for, for joining us. And, and uh, I, I guess, you know, one of the things we wanted to talk to you about today is, and I'm sure you're getting these questions a lot. And I know we are. Um, we find ourselves in a delayed planting scenario again, kind of like we, you know, seems to be a common theme over the last few years. Um looking ahead at the at the 10 day forecast a lot of you know a lot of lows in the 30s and 40s not particularly uh, cooperative to to what we're needing to to get to get off to a good start so uh, a lot of guys are nervous out there i'm sure you're getting a lot of questions so what are you uh, what are you telling those guys yeah it's uh, certainly been uh, challenging to find especially if you wanted to start early uh, there've been a a few very small uh, I will say kind of marginal windows where a little bit of planting has occurred uh, kind of varies a little as you travel around the state, but uh, there, there are places where it's, you know, half a day here, half a day there uh, guys were able to, you know, get in and, and at least, you know, get the planter set, make sure things were going to work. And um, you know, I, I don't know what the percentage would be. It's certainly a very small uh, crop that's in the ground. And I would say at this point uh, more soybeans than corn, but uh, yeah, a lot of people, you know, had a plan of of starting with some early April soybeans, and maybe working on beans for a couple of weeks before you know optimum corn planting uh, was was here, and we you know we sort of lost our opportunity to do that. And and a, one of the most common questions I've been getting is, well, do I still start with beans, or since I can't start till maybe late April? Um, you know, our beans going to have to wait if, if you've, if you can't plant both crops at the same time and, and put your focus on corn and kind of more of a, more of a traditional approach that we, you know, would have been doing, you know, five or 10 years ago that, uh, get, get the corn in late April and early May, and, and then we'll get the beans done as quick as we can as soon as the corn's done. And I think, you know, that that's probably, uh, the approach that most people are going to take if you, if you don't have the ability to plant both at the same time. Um, you know, it is getting to the point of the season where, um, you know, be- beans are, uh, be- beans are a remarkable crop. They're the, 
they're the best crop to plant early. They're also the best crop to plant late. And, and while I don't typically see an advantage to planting corn early versus timely, uh, whereas with soybeans, there is an advantage for early versus timely. Um, yet we don't really want to be finishing up corn in June either. And so uh, as it gets closer to May, I think more people are going to you know, put their emphasis on corn. And yeah, they wanted to do a bunch of April beans, but if Mother Nature didn't cooperate, um, now we're going to do a bunch of late April and hopefully early May corn, and we'll, uh, we'll get the beans in as timely as we can. Yeah, when we have these discussions, right, we, you know, uh, we, we talk about, you and I have had this discussion before, too. You know, we talk about date, planning date and the date on the calendar versus conditions, right? And it's, and it's really, you know, sometimes it's easy to get hung up on that date, but, but it, it really is more about the conditions and, and making sure that the soil is fit before we, uh, before we decide to get rolling. Yeah, that I mean, absolutely the case with corn. Soybeans are are a little more forgiving for those marginal planting conditions and and crappy weather following planting, and and so that's why, you know, we are more um, aggressive about you know making planting recommendations for beans early, and you know if if you if you wish the soil was in a little better shape and you wish the forecast looked better. Uh, but you insist on planting something, uh, I, I would be relatively comfortable with beans going in in that scenario, uh, but not a fan of, of, of pushing it that, that much with corn. Um, on my own operation, I, I had an interesting, um, reminded myself of something interesting the other day as I was reviewing my, my crop insurance yields uh, from last year and updating my APHs. I, I realized that uh, you know, 2019 was obviously a, a very recent, uh, very late spring. Hopefully we don't get any delay, but um, you know, on a particular farm that uh, in 2019 and in 2021, uh, June 11th, 2019 corn planting date uh, yielded my April 17th, 2021 corn planting date by about 15 bushels per acre. Um, so, you know, I, I agree completely that planting conditions um, are more important than planting date. And, you know, planting date is, is one of what, maybe a hundred plus factors that influence yield. Uh, it's certainly not at the top of the list, but we get very wrapped up in the calendar. Um, a lot of peer pressure to get the crop in the ground. Um, you know, and, and sometimes we forget that, uh, planting date is, is, is something that's not irrelevant. But there are other things that can come along in the season that make it irrelevant. And, um, and certainly waiting for at least decent conditions, uh, to me, uh, does need to take priority over achieving some, you know, particular target on a calendar date. Yeah, that, yeah, that was definitely a lesson of 2019 that, that, uh, Putting putting corn in the ground in in good soil conditions in June was was a heck of a lot better than than putting it in the mud uh, in in April. Uh, you know, that 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 was a pretty clear lesson of, of 2019 for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know the later it gets, the harder it is to be patient. I mean, it's oh yeah, you know it's you know it's it's a little bit humorous to be talking about it being late on April 25th. Um, <laughs> I, I I understand why we are. Um, but you know, we're at the, we're, we're at the front side of the optimum window for corn. 
um, you know, we're probably still in the middle of the optimum window for soybeans. Now, to your point, you know, our forecast doesn't look fabulous and, and the progress is going to be slow here for, for a while. Um, and, and we may end up being late. Um, but you know, we're really not late at this point. Um, but you know, I started planning on April 5th last year. Um, so we're, you know, 20 days past, uh, past that. And I haven't started yet. So, so compared to last year, compared to some people's goals, uh, it's, it, it's getting late, but agronomically, um, you know, we're certainly still in the 100% yield potential window for both crops. So, uh, don't, don't need to be panicking. Yep, absolutely. And now, you know, to your point, as you think about, as people are listening to this, depending on, on where they're at, um, you know, these, these rains that we got over the weekend, you know, there were some areas that got a couple inches and, and there were, there were areas that got nothing. Um, so there's, I mean, there's, there's going to be probably some areas that here, certainly in Illinois that, that are planters will be rolling here within a couple of days. Um, uh, and, and there's some areas that, that are, are still going to be delayed for quite a while. So, um, you know, d- depending on where you're at, uh, the, the the conditions could be quite a bit different. Now, there has been some crop going the ground, as you said. Uh, now, a lot of that is it has been kind of laying in the cold, cold ground, uh, and and looks like it will be for a little while. Are you are you concerned about you know the 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 crop that's been planted and and maybe hasn't had the best conditions to get it started? Uh, I certainly am on the corn side, so you know I've I've been a you know, a, a fairly large proponent of of early planted soybeans for years, and you know, have been comfortable with with guys that have been taking advantage of some of these small early windows. If you had one to to plant beans for a day or two, um, you know, the corn that's in the ground certainly is is going to go through a lot of cold stress, and you know that that's n- never improving the situation as long as we get a reasonably good reasonably uniform stand that can still be very good corn i i don't think the best corn has been planted yet um but uh, that doesn't mean that you won't get a uh, an acceptable stand i i was not a big fan of the easter weekend corn that got planted a year ago on the fourth fifth and sixth of, of april those were i thought good planting dates for soybeans i was not a fan of corn that got planted at those t- at that time um, but those stands were, you know, ended up being, being very good, um, was not the best corn, had a lot of crown rod issues, had, had other issues with that early planted corn, but, but the stand establishment was fine. Um, took four weeks to get it out of the ground in, in a lot of cases. And, and once we get past, you know, about 21 days, um, you know, generally we start to be concerned about how uneven is that stand going to be? Yeah, you've got enough plants there, but if they come out, come up strung out over a week, week worth of time, um, you know, we, we're losing that uniformity that we know is so important for, for corn yield potential. Um, so, you know, these, the corn that's in the ground now is certainly going to be slow to emerge, um, may not be a perfect stand, uh, may not be perfectly uniform. Um, you know, and, and, and in some cases, even, even if it's a acceptable population, um, you know, probably not going to be, you know, as, as good a crop as, as some of the stuff that's still in the bag in the warehouse. But, um, 
you know, doesn't mean it's going to be a replant scenario. Uh, we are, you know, cautioning growers to at least consider the fact that, you know, if you do get into a replant situation, yes, your seed company is probably going to provide you seed. Yes, your crop insurance uh, company might, you know, pay you for replant. Um, but what sort of selection are you going to have to choose from on that replant? And there are lots of products that are that are sold out. And, you know, if the product that you really, really, really wanted on that farm and the really ideal product for that farm and you worked on that plan and you agonized over that plan and you had a good plan and then you have to replant with whatever you can get your hands on, um, you know, that plan kind of gets thrown out the window at that point. So in the case of some products, it might be worth talking to your seed suppliers and say, okay, you know, shoot me straight. Uh, If I need to replant, um, can I get this product or what am I going to have available for replant? And, and if you don't like what you hear, um, then let's, let's try hard not to need to replant. Yeah. Now you mentioned, uh, you mentioned crown rot, uh, obviously, you know, early season is kind of what sets the stage mm-hmm. for, for crown rot. And it's, uh, maybe it's a little bit too early to ask this question, but what are your, what are your thoughts there? Are you concerned with prolonged cool damp condition uh are are we getting set up for maybe a a a crown rot risk yeah i i certainly think especially in the areas that have had some heavier rains and will lead to some prolonged um saturated soil conditions um you know i think this would need to persist you know a little longer than it has at this point to really set us up for um the perfect storm kind of like we had last year but, but I do think we, we know that cold, wet soil conditions after planting are, are certainly what favors the development of, of crown rot. And, and there are a lot of producers that are you know planning on doing a V5 fungicide or maybe even did an inferro treatment of some kind or something on the planter. Been a lot of interest in, in trying to manage crown rot. Have had a ton of questions over the winter about what can I do to you know, he, 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 I, I tell guys all the time, you, you, you can't prevent it, but you, you can minimize it. Um, so there are a lot of people, probably more than ever before, that are that are gearing up to try to do something about it. But, you know, you, you'd be a lot better off to have warm, dry soil conditions after planting, and, and then it's not going to be an issue. Um, you know, when you have the right weather conditions for it, even if you're trying to manage it, um, still has that potential. And so, yeah, that, that is a, you know, pro- probably honestly, in my mind, a, a bigger concern on the corn that's in the ground, um, is, is not, is it going to be a leavable stand, but you know, how much crown rot infection are we inviting in that, uh, in that early planted corn? And, and will we see a repeat of what we saw last year as far as, you know, crown rot taking that plant out prematurely and, and losing a lot of yield, you know, during grain fill? Sure. Uh, so, you know, is, is, again, as I, as I think about this, you know, this stuff that's been planted or, or even maybe it hasn't been planted yet, but it's been sprayed. And then, and then here we are with, with these prolonged, uh, you know, delays, cool, cool, damp conditions. Uh, what about weed control? Um, what, what are your thoughts there? What are you seeing? And, and, uh, you know, you recommending guys make a, any shifts in their in their weed control plans? 
Yeah, it's, um, you know, see, see a lot of different things out there. I, mean, I was looking at some fields over the weekend that uh, had, had no-till fields that had a fall burn down that, that looked spectacularly clean still. Um, you know, no-till fields that didn't get a fall burn down are, are getting pretty green, pretty woolly. Um, a lot of winter annuals out there. And, you know, the, the growth of the weeds has been slow, too. So, you know, considering the fact it's April 25th, the, the weeds are still small as well because it's been cool. Um, you know, we've, we've been too wet to, to, uh, to, to plant in many cases, uh, but we haven't been warm and wet. So we haven't had, you know, quite the, the growth, but there's still a lot of green stuff out there, uh, going to be attractive for cutworm moths and, and other, uh, insect pests and such. And I, I do think there probably are some fields that, you know, with the delays, you know, might get might get greener weeds might get bigger um if you were planning on you know skimping on a spring burn down because of product availability or product price and we're you know going to try to you know hoping to get by with a lesser burn down program because you were going to be spraying small weeds if those weeds are bigger than you were planning you know keep in mind you might need to tweak that program um if your herbicide's already been on for two or three weeks um you know if, if we haven't had you know, inches and inches of rain and it's been cool, you know, I, I would say that herbicide is, you know, is, is mostly still there, but you know, it does dissipate with time. And, and that, that's kind of why we, you know, in an ideal scenario, we like those residuals to go out as close to planting as possible, because if you put them on, you know, three weeks or four weeks before you end up planting, um, you know, you're losing some of the punch of that residual product and it's not going to last as long into the season as it otherwise would have if it laid out there for three or four weeks before the season actually started, you know, based on a planning date standpoint. So, um, you know, we've talked a lot about over the winter, it's, you know, it's kind of a weird year from a weird year in a lot of ways, but, you know, herbicide, pricing and selection was was frustrating for for growers and and if you and if you do need to make some changes you know that's going to be you know maybe a little bit difficult depending on what kind of changes you need to make and we've been encouraging growers to have plan a plan b plan c plan d based on availability and supply well now we may need to tweak programs based on you know the nature of the growing season and um you know, some of the products that you, you know, might normally have used, you know, either aren't as available or the price is not as appealing as you would like. And so, you know, you'll have to factor all those into your decision making. But obviously the end goal is still the same. We, we, we want a weed free, clean field. And, um, you know, every time things don't go the way you, you plan, uh, you might have to tweak something to accomplish that goal. Yeah, supply chain issues have really, uh, uh, really changed the way we've had to think about things uh, here for this year, and and probably continue for the. For the year. I, I think that's a, a realization that's setting in that you know the whole you know everything that's going on in the world is 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 not going to help the supply chain get back to normal uh, quicker. And, uh, and and I think people are you know starting to realize that you know what they hoped was going to be you know, a, a, a one-year dilemma is probably a multiple-year dilemma before we, you know, crawl ourselves out of the situation that we're, that we're in. So, 
uh, you know, every year will be different. Um, but I, I don't think these you know, supply chain uh, problems are, are going to, you know, go, go away uh, over the summer and, and next year we'll be back to normal. I don't think that would be a, a good expectation for anybody to have. Right. Well, and, and so speaking of supply chain issues and prices and, and how that affects us, uh, nitrogen obviously is, has been a, uh, a huge wild card here. Uh, you know, going, going back to last fall and, and prices have, have certainly not come down. Uh, so what, you know, there, there's guys out there that were that typically rely on, on some UAN, for example, and along with their pre, you know, so mm-hmm. to do a weed and feed to get them started. Um, I'm sure there's guys thinking about cutting back on that. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on spring nitrogen management? Yeah, I, I do think we need to be cautious. Um, means I, it's obviously a good time to not be over fertilizing. It's you know from a from an IPM standpoint, it's never never good to to use more nutrient than you need. Um, but most people aren't, and and if you're tempted to shave rates based on the price of nitrogen, um, r- remember the price of what you're growing is pretty high as well. And you know if you start cutting corners that reduce your yield um it's really difficult you know in a commodity-based system to improve your bottom line if you do something that reduces your yield and so i am a, a little nervous that you know people that maybe generally put on 45 or 60 units of UAN and a weed and feed, which, which I consider to be a, a very good practice, a essential practice corn on corn and, and a good practice on rotated ground, um, might be tempted to either pull that out or, or reduce the rate of, of that nitrogen application. And, and, and one thing we have learned from the, from the guys that are trying to win the corn yield contest is that, you know, starving corn for nitrogen early in the season, you know, once that plant senses that, Hey, nitrogen is limiting it it gets conservative and and decision to get conservative because it feels like it's in a nitrogen limiting environment you you can't get that yield potential back at that point it's it's lost and and so I, i would encourage people to you know stay pretty close to what you feel is you know normal or right and and don't you know get too crazy about cutting rates um just because you don't like the price on on uan and you know and unfortunately uh, you're right you know prices have you know if anything they've gotten worse um since late fall um you know and i think there maybe were a few people that that had a, a maybe an unrealistic hope but still a hope that things would be, would be better by spring and you know obviously what's going on in the world has has made that um you know, an impossible, uh, situation and who, who knows where nitrogen is going to go through the season. That's, you know, probably not going to be, you know, where we hoped it would be by fall either. So, so we're in a, you know, we're in a, in a situation here where thankfully, um, commodity prices are, you know, supporting these high input prices at the, at the moment. Uh, I think everybody knows that one of these days, the, the other shoe's going to drop. And, you know, commodity prices are, are going to go back to more normal levels and, and how long is it going to take for everything else to catch up. But um, right now, today, that's not the case. Um, we, we have, you know, the potential 
to, you know, raise a very profitable crop, um, even with uh, these input prices that are not what people wish they were. Yeah, absolutely. Now it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens here over the next few months. Um, well, yeah, Lance, a lot of, a lot of good advice. Uh, uh, appreciate your insight. Anything else on your mind right now that we haven't covered? Um, I don't think so, Troy. I would say just, um, you know, as we've talked, you know, be, be, be patient. Remember planning conditions are, are more important than the calendar date. And, uh, if you're, if you're wanting to, you know, push conditions a little bit, uh, safer to do that with beans. We, we, we didn't mention seed treatment and soybeans and I, I'm probably uh, guilty of just assuming that everybody plants fully treated beans, but obviously all the comments that I make about how awesome it is to plant beans when it's cold and wet and early, um, are assuming that there is a good seed treatment on those beans. And, and if you, uh, if, if you ever want to prove to yourself that seed treatment um, does actually do something on soybeans, uh, try planting some untreated beans in late March or early April, and, uh, and that'll give you a really good visual of, uh, of what that seed treatment's doing for you. So um, make, make sure if you're going to be pushing things early with soybeans that, uh, that they are treated. And, um, that's a, that's a fairly common practice these days, but, uh, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't assume that every bean's getting planted treated. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great call out. Uh, uh, one thing here before we go, uh, well, let's, let's go ahead and plug something that I know you've, you've been doing for a while and, and I believe you're still doing, and that is your, uh, your live stream, ask the agronomist, uh, oh, yeah. a couple of weeks, uh, yep. Uh, once you once you just tell folks a little bit about that and and kind of how they can how they can uh, uh, be involved in that. Yeah, well, I, uh, very kind and gracious of you to to, to let me do that. So you, know, you you and I have a shared history with with that project, and you actually helped me get that off the ground, and and appreciate that very much. But yeah, we uh, we call it Ask the Agronomist. It's on uh, YouTube. Live. Uh, 730 uh, every other Thursday morning. So, so our next one is coming up, not this Thursday, but the following Thursday, which I think might be May 5th, maybe if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, but, um, every, every other Thursday morning, uh, YouTube live, if you go to, uh, central Illinois to Calbasgro, uh, you'll find our, our YouTube channel there. Uh, you don't have to watch them live. They, they are all, all the old episodes are, are even the ones I did with you, Troy are, uh, are recorded there for, for posterity. I don't exactly know how long those things hang around, but they say once it's on the internet, it's, it's there forever, I guess. So, um, but yeah, you can uh, watch the old episodes. Uh, what, what we try to do is, is try to get people to, engage live and chat their questions in live on, on YouTube. And, and then I'll answer those questions live. If we're not getting a lot of live questions, you, you know, me, Troy, I'll find something to talk about, but, uh, always, always prefer, uh, answering the live questions. And it's, uh, it's been very successful. It's something I really, really, really enjoy doing. And, and we're in our second season now and, um, you know, going, going well and, and hope, uh, hopefully that continues. Yeah, and yeah, the, to those of you listening, I'd recommend you check that out. West Central Illinois to Calabasgro YouTube channel. Um, as you can tell, Lance is, has uh, uh, got a lot of knowledge and, and some really good insight and a good chance for you to, to 
chat some of those questions in live and, and get them answered. So uh, definitely check that out if you have the opportunity. So, Lance, once again, thanks for uh, spending the time with us and, and uh, sharing your knowledge and your insight. And we, re we really appreciate that. Well, it's uh, great to be with you, Troy. It's just like old times, and uh, any uh, any 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 time, uh, happy to uh, happy to visit with you. All right, we'll definitely uh, we'll be definitely having you back. Um, thanks again uh, for everybody listening. Remind you to, to you know once once things get rolling, going to be a lot of equipment out on the roads, so keep your eyes open and and be safe. Uh, good luck with planting season, and uh, we will. Catch you next time on the next episode of the Illinois Agronomy Update. Thank you.